Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Adam Finan, and in this episode, I'm talking with Niall Doherty from ebizfacts.com and ndoherty.com. We've decided to break this episode into two parts because, one, we kind of cover two different topics. Niall spent nine and a half years as a freelancer. He's traveled around the whole world, literally, as we talk about in the interview, where he's, he traveled around the world without flying uh, while working online. And it's took him three and a half years. But now, since the start of 2019, Niall is actually full-time with Patreon and affiliate marketing on his website. So he's a perfect candidate to talk about getting clients, finding clients, traveling while working and building up your freelance business and also making that transition into, you know, not working with clients and having assets and websites that you own and generate revenue. So we've decided to split this into two parts. I hope you enjoy. This is part one where we're going to talk about freelancing, travel, um, how to get clients and Nile strategies and tips for, you know, getting yourself new clients. There's some real actionable insight in here. So make sure to have a good listen. And we will release part two next week where we talk about um, affiliate marketing, why he's decided to go into uh, not work with clients anymore and do affiliate marketing instead. Hope you enjoy this first episode digitalnomadcafe.com. Make sure you sign up to get new episodes um, every month. Niall, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Excited to do this. Yeah, look, it's um, myself and Niall met many moons ago over in Thailand where I seem to have met so many people <laughs> who I end up bringing on the show. But it's one of those places that, that's, I don't know, that's, that's where people tend to hang out for a little while so um yeah good good to have you on you, you have a really exciting business and, and quite a you know quite quite a bit of time online helping people and working on your own stuff so it'll be good to share your story i think yeah yeah looking forward to it so let's dig in so you know you left ireland in 2010 what happened what what, what was next i did a, a big mad round the world trip without taking any airplanes <laughs> that was my I'd already quit my job about a year before and I was in Ireland for a few months and then I was in Spain for a summer then back in Ireland and then I decided I was really going to see the world and I wanted to do it uh, not just the, the normal way I wanted a bit of an extra challenge I wanted to ha- kind of have a cool story I wanted more of an adventure so I decided I would try and do one complete circumnavigation of the world without flying without taking any airplanes and I went east out of ireland um through europe through middle east india across the andaman sea to thailand uh southeast asia bounced around there up through china uh, to korea japan got a cargo ship across the pacific ocean which took four weeks and then uh, up through the americas got off the cargo ship in south america went up through the americas and across the atlantic back to europe and up through europe to Ireland, back to Ireland. And the whole trip took three and a half years, 44 months, and took me through 37 countries. And I was working online the whole time. I mean, that's how I funded the thing. I didn't have a lot of savings when I started it. I just kind of said, feck it, I'll I'll jump in and I'm sure I can earn enough 
doing freelance work or whatever to to make ends meet and and I did so that was the uh the the grand adventure and and since then that's that's what four years ago since I finished that trip twenty fifteen since then i've i've i told myself I was going to stop traveling, but I didn't really uh, I stayed in Amsterdam for a year. But uh, I've been jumping around a lot since then. And right now I'm in Bali. And I'm going to spend most of this year in Bali with my girlfriend. We're kind of tired of moving so much. And we could get a, a six-month visa here. We're slowing down a bit and, you know, longer term looking for a bit of a home base. But still working online, you know, I, I love the freedom of that. Um, I'm, I'm passionate about the freedom of it and, and trying to help others who are looking to achieve it. Because it's just... It's brought so much to my life, and I mean, you, yours as well, Adam. Like I know you're a big advocate of it because you've seen firsthand, like the, the opportunities and the freedom that it gives you. It's just unbeatable. Absolutely, you know, it's 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 a different way of working. It's a different. It's you know, it changes your lifestyle and what's possible for you, as a person. Like you're saying, you're you're living in Bali now. At the minute, you're going to live there for most of the year. Just going, you know. Amsterdam for a year before that, traveling around the world without flying. Like the the key component there was having a skill that was you could market and having a computer and, and access to Wi-Fi and and really that's what made it all possible, you know? Yeah, because I, I started like I quit my regular job, my last nine to five job, or as I like to call it, my last real job. <laughs> I, I quit that back in twenty ten. So I've been nine years and it's coming up on nine years since I last had like a, a proper job. And it has just been, yeah, anywhere I've had a laptop, had my laptop and an internet, I can earn a living online. And there's, you know, there's been a lot of kind of ways I've done that over the years and it's evolved and I'm still exploring new and different ways to do it. Yeah. So I, I guess back then it wasn't as popular as it is now, I guess, you know what I mean? Where it's on Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine every day of the week and, you know, everybody's wanting or wishing to do it. But, you know, I guess that's kind of come to with a rise in remote work culture and big companies allowing people to, to work remote. But back when you started, it, it wouldn't have been, you know, as popular or as normalized. So, you know, how did can we talk a little bit about you know progressing into this how did you how did you start getting clients for yourself you know what what worked for you and i guess maybe what do you see a little bit differently now um compared to what maybe you could have done you know nine years ago as you're saying yeah i'll actually rewind a little bit more than that to start because i think it's important to say that when i first did this there were already people doing it like i kind of had role models that i seen online chris gillibo was a big one um a few other guys like him and i i I seen these people back in 2008, 2009 that were doing cool work. A lot of it revolved around writing. They were blogging online, running some kind of online businesses, and they were traveling the world. And I looked at these guys and I just thought, sure, if they can do it, I, I should be able to do it too. I mean, they're, you know, they haven't really got anything that I haven't got except maybe uh, some extra skills or some experience, but nothing that I can't. Um, have myself if I put in the work. So with that, that was kind of the uh, the spark or the the attitude that that made me think I could do this. And I was lucky. I will say I was very lucky in that my old nine to five job was as a, a web designer, and web design is a great skill for working online. So I already had a well developed skill that I knew I could. Uh, I didn't have like uh, experience freelancing or anything. And when I quit my job, I didn't have a lot of savings, but I was confident that I had a skill that if push came to shove, I could just kind of knuckle down and find clients, even if it was only $15, $20 an hour. But I'd be able to 
to find enough work online that I wouldn't be going hungry. I wouldn't be, you know, lying in a gutter in Mumbai <laughs> six months into my trip. So that gave me a lot of confidence as well, which, you know, it's for people now who are starting off and may not have a well-developed skill, kind of jumping into the travel lifestyle like that is, I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. Th- yeah those people can get led down a, uh... You know, like a path of shiny objects where, you know, it's the next fad. It's, 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 you know, make money online, this dropship and that it's, you know, all these things that get thrown at you that makes it sound like it's going to be super easy to do it. But, you know, when, when you look at people who, who travel successfully and, and if they're just starting out, typically it's a skill, you know, like it's a service that they offer versus, you know, having some blog that's making, you know, a couple of grand a month, things like that take time and a lot of work and a lot of effort. You know, I know people do it. We, we both know people who do really well. Um, across all spectrums everything from services to affiliates to you know e-commerce store owners but um when you're just starting out having a skill you know that you can that you can offer as a service you know to support yourself really is one of the easiest ways and the best ways to get started on yeah absolutely i kind of look at it as like level one online businesses i kind of see three different levels and level one which is like the the easiest to get started with would be remote work and freelancing those two I put in level one. So remote work is, you know, you just have a, a regular job, but you you do it remotely. You can do it from anywhere. And that's great in that you get a steady paycheck, but the downside is that you usually have to be available at certain hours, uh, often working office hours, even though you can be anywhere. So there's not as much freedom to take time off whenever you want it. If you have a remote job, you kind of have to clock in and be on a, on a schedule freelancing gives you a bit more freedom but there's also a bit more uncertainty because you're not on a steady paycheck unless you manage to get some clients on retainer or something like that but those two i would say are the the easiest to get started with and then beyond that you have things that usually require a lot of work up front before you start seeing uh, good income from them you know stuff like building authority sites drop shipping uh, building a software company software as a service all that kind of stuff is a lot it's it's a higher level and so people starting out get very excited about things like drop shipping and passive income, but those type of businesses, you need experience, you need uh, a lot of discipline, you just need a lot of knowledge, a lot of practice, a lot of trial and error quite often to make those businesses succeed. So they're, they're tough ones to start with, but remote work, freelancing, much, much easier. And that's, that's what we, we've both seen most people who successfully transition that's what they start with yeah you know tend to typically either be freelancers and and remote workers and then build those other assets if you will on the side or those other businesses you know like be it an e-commerce store or affiliate and authority websites which is something you know we're both interested in um and, and working on i believe both of um well, i'm doing the authority uh, hacker course as well um which is a popular course about building authority websites so you know, it's it's something I'm interested in, and and I think it's for anybody who's listening. <clears throat> you know, websites can websites are assets; they can be assets so long as they're not tied to your personal brand. Like you know, AdamFinan.com. I can't go selling that to anybody. <laughs> other than some other Adam Finan <laughs> on the other side of the world, Small but like market. you know, it, yeah, but like you know, but if, if if I build up a site on VeganSupplements.com, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that can be an asset that can be sold, and and you know, there's big business for this at the minute. And, and this, this industry has developed a lot in terms of, you know, there are websites now like Flippa and um, Empire Flippers and stuff where you can sell 
your websites essentially, you know, for a, a, a multiple of the monthly profit that it's generating. So, you, you know, there's, but there's a lot of work up front in terms of, you know, you typically rely on SEO or you're going to have to put money into paid traffic. So it's, and there's a lot of moving parts. So it, it's not always the easiest thing to just crack on with as the first thing you do. That's the key term there. I think you just mentioned a lot of moving parts because the thing about a freelance business or a remote job is there, there's not that many moving parts to it. Uh, it's fairly simple. With a remote job, you have one employer usually. You do the work and you get paid. And with freelancing, it's usually you have a handful of clients. You do the work and you get paid. Now, obviously, you may need to continually find clients and there's, uh, you, know, you need to be able to sell as well, which is a key skill if you're a freelancer. But that's, that's kind of it. Whereas, as you and I know, from as an example of building authority sites, there's so many things you need to learn about and so many bits and pieces that need to fit together and you need to figure out that it's just very, very complex and it takes a while to get your head around it and get good at all the different parts or find good people to, to help you with all the different parts. So just naturally, it's going to take a lot a lot longer to, to get established and to be successful. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you can do everything right and it's still that site doesn't work out <laughs> you know and like but you learn a lot and then you apply it to a, a different site and hopefully you know what i mean like it it can take off like it can take a couple of goals you know there's no there's no black and white uh you know when it comes to doing things like that you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and you have to be willing to you know take those take those lessons and, and just keep, keep it going you know it doesn't mean that it doesn't work it just means that you know that one didn't work out <laughs> it's okay sometimes that for that to happen you know i see you just pick yourself up and take another swing at it yeah that's it and and what's level three you said there was three levels so you had level one remote work and freelance and level two authority sites drop shipping things like that e-commerce stores three yeah so the, there's I, th I think of them as online business models and there's eight of them that and this is kind of a framework that i've come up with now and a lot of people will differ with their own definitions of what like an online business model is and how many of them there are but i've put a lot of thought into it and and i've come up with uh, eight of them and which i won't be able to recall right off the top of my head right now but the the level two ones we've discussed would be kind of like an e-commerce business um, an authority site and then level three would be more like a a social network um or a, a marketplace site or even a software as a service company, like a cloud service, platform as a service, software as a service. So to give you some concrete examples, because these are all kind of abstract terms, if you want to build a social network, it's you need a kind of a, a critical mass of people to sign up for it be, before it becomes valuable. And it can be just very hard to, to do that. Like, how do you even begin to do that? Then a marketplace site, something like uh, Upwork or eBay, if you want to build these kind of sites that are marketplaces, again, you need a kind of a critical mass of people. So to me, that's just a, a very tricky type of business just to get to that, uh, that tipping point where there's enough people on the platform that it's worthwhile for everyone. And it's just tough to build something like that. Um, software as a service, something I've had a crack at myself. So an example would be Slack, Dropbox. Uh, these are all software where you, you sign up and you pay a monthly fee. They often have free versions as well. But those kind of, to get someone to pay a, a recurring fee um, for a piece of software that, that solves a painful problem, just creating a business like that is also very, very difficult. I think it's, it's, it's the next level. 
so that's that's kind of how I think of it in terms of the levels of online business. Uh, it it kind of just goes up in complexity as you go through the levels. Yeah, more moving parts. <laughs> you know, you're you're talking about managing developers and and all sorts of stuff there, and, and testing bugs, you know, codes for bugs, and all that sort of jazz. You know, you're getting very complex at that point, and and having complex technical infrastructures and backend systems. So, yeah, typically not what most people who'd be listening to this podcast would be <laughs> interested in. It tends to be freelancing agencies and um, you know people looking to build online assets. So, I, I guess maybe we'll we'll steer back that direction. So. The um, you know, when when it comes to freelancing, because you have um on your website ndoherty.com, like you've been blogging for years, you know, and consistently and and very well, I, I would say, you know, you put out high quality content, you always have, um, and and you're consistent, which um, you know, is it's challenging, it's challenging to be consistent, you know, but you know, keeping up blogging while traveling and um working online. So like, how did you find your clients over the years? Because that's like that's a big thing that people struggle with. Where do they go to find clients? How do they find clients? Like, you know, if I'm a web designer or a freelance writer and I'm listening to this and I'm like, it's all well and good for Nile back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, what about what about me now? You know? Yeah. What what where where do I go? You know, Upwork want twenty percent of me stuff. It's competitive. You know, like what what would you say to that? Uh, first thing I'd say is don't go to Upwork as your first place to try and find clients. Don't go to these big freelance marketplaces where you're competing with tons of other people. And anytime there's a job post, someone says, hey, I want to hire a web designer. There's 50 other people who are putting in applications for that. And many of them are well established on the platform and have a great portfolio and lots of reviews. Right. So that's not to say you can't compete on those platforms. You can. There's definitely ways you can get started and stand out and get your first clients. But I don't think that's the easiest place to start. So what I would advise is to make use of your existing network, right? Because there's, there's people out there who already know and like and trust you. Friends, acquaintances, family members. These are people who you've already met. They've shook your hand. Uh, they know they've looked in your eye and they can tell that you're you're trustworthy hopefully assuming you are trustworthy but those type of people are way more likely to take a chance on you you know especially if you're just kind of new to freelancing or you're just developing your skill those are the type of people who are going to give you a chance so what i call it the the way to find those people the the quick and easy way this is what worked for me and it's what worked for uh, a friend of mine molly who's her story is really cool, actually. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what she did in a minute. But uh, you basically put out, put the word out to your existing network that you're available for X kind of work. So you've decided on a skill, and we can get into how you decide on a skill as well if people are unsure. I, I kind of have a little exercise for that as well that I can share with you. But for now, let's just assume you, you know what skill you want to offer or at least what skill you want to test out. You basically broadcast that to people in your existing network and i call this the the billboard method so it's kind of like putting up a, a virtual billboard you know like uh, on the side of the road and everybody driving past sees the big billboard with whatever ad whatever product or service they're advertising so the the online equivalent of that is social media right you throw up a post on social media and molly who i mentioned a friend of mine she did this a few years ago uh, she was in india uh, had almost no money left. She kind of run out of money traveling around India. And she had some graphic design experience. So she put up a post on Facebook saying, hey, everyone, I'm traveling around India, available to do some freelance graphic design work. Um, 
can give you a good rate because I'm just getting started. Let me know if you're interested. And I believe it was within a week she'd booked a thousand British pounds worth of work from that one post. And that's just on her personal Facebook, right? She doesn't have any big audience. She doesn't have a massive following on a Facebook page or on Twitter or anything like that. She just used her existing network. People who already knew her, liked her, trusted her. And that's how she got started. And when I met her, it was a year after that. And her freelance business was going strong. She was able to keep traveling. So that's what I would recommend to find your first clients is the, the, the billboard method, as I call it. Um, it's very quick and easy because it's just one post on social media. But I'd recommend then to keep doing that like every month or every six weeks or so, just to kind of remind people that you're in your network, that you're still available for this service, especially because not everyone's going to see the first time you post it. Right. So you want to do that regularly. That's how the algorithms work, isn't it? You know, only if people are engaging with you and stuff. But it's um, that's brilliant, though. You know, like it's it's simple, but it's brilliant. Like if you're starting out, it's just you know getting in front of that initial network that you already have and and, and seeing where that leads you, because you never know who's working for somewhere, who's who knows somebody who's looking. Like you, you just don't know what's going on in other people's lives and, and who they're who they're looking for and what projects they're working on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that, that's the first thing I'd recommend. And then a, an add-on to that is what I call the door-to-door method, which is you basically make a list, again, of people who already know and like and trust you, especially business owners, right? Because business owners are more likely to hire you for a service. And you reach out to them one by one via email or private message. So you're kind of going door-to-door online and you're telling them, hey, I just started offering this new service. Let me know if you, if, if you hear of anybody interested, send them my way. Uh, and also, if you have any, any need for a service like this yourself, give me a shout and we can jump on a call and, and discuss, see if I can help you out. And then, you know, you do that again, uh, do that consistently. You know, keep uh, emailing people that you know, again, people that you already have a, a connection to who know who you are. And just do that consistently, follow up with them every now and then, say, hey, you said two months ago you didn't have anything. Have you heard anything since? It might sound like a lot of work doing this, but if you want to be working 10 hours a week, say, or 20 hours a week, doing billable work 10 or 20 hours a week, until you fill that time, you spend that time finding the work, right? So your job until you find paid work is to find paid work. So you clock in and be a professional and treat it as a job that you're uh, the, the 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 act or the process of finding clients that's awesome and and i think that's something that that can often be overlooked you know in terms of you know you want to be a freelancer you feel like you're only working when you're doing the writing or the or the web dev or the graphics or whatever it is that you're freelancing for but if you don't if you're not fully booked <laughs> um you, you know pitching and finding the work is your job at that point it's no different than every agency has people cold calling has people emailing has you know like like that they all have sales teams and if you want to be a successful freelancer and you know be like be like molly and be in india or be like nile and be in bali or be like me who's just in ireland um you, you know but like like you gotta sell you know and, and it's something that like a lot of people struggle with i think sales you know it's 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 um it's rejection it's no it's screw you it's you know you'll get told all those things and it's if people are of a sensitive personality or if they're quite introverted you know they can struggle with the selling part you know and um but but like if you start out with your own network that's obviously going to be a little you know people hopefully aren't going to turn around and tell you 
go fuck yourself you know yeah <laughs> if they're, if they're yeah. in your personal network but like it, you know it's just like it's building kind of that um rejection muscle you know it's, it's okay for people not to want your service maybe it's not the right time for them you know um but but following up with them and reminding them so that they next time they think oh I need a graphic designer. I need a web designer. Oh, Nile does that, or you know, yes. Molly does that. You want to be top, then, top of mind it, for that. You service. just want to be top of mind, exactly. So, uh, you know, and, and the checking in to to sell your services as well is very like it's very important. Um, I think it's good advice there, Nile. Can I give you? Can I tell you how I found my first client, and then I want to give you two recommendations for people who want to learn how to sell. Does that sound good? All right. So the way I found my first client was through my existing network it was actually my brother who needed a website for his carpentry business he built staircases in ireland give me a shout if you need a stairs by the way i'll put you in touch but he needed a stairs or he needed a website rather for his business and who does he know who builds websites his brother right so he's going to trust me even though i was still pretty green at building websites you know i wasn't the best out there by any means but he knew me he trusted me and instead of going and finding you know the, the the big name web designer in town he would rather have me do it so that was my first client and it was a pretty big paycheck for me at the time uh the two the two recommendations they give for people who want to learn sales and you, you need to learn sales if you want to do freelancing i'd recommend it as well if you want to find a remote job because you still need to basically land that one big client and you're going to use remote jobs are more and more in demand nowadays so you're usually competing with some pretty good people if it's a good remote job so you need to be able to sell no matter what uh, probably the two best resources i've come across for for learning how to sell and i can d- say this as someone who's not a natural salesperson so these have helped me a lot to, to get better at selling in a way that feels uh, just right for me it's not sleazy it's not pushy so the first one would be, it's a book called Spin Selling, S-P-I-N. You don't need to read the whole book, though, because I recently came across a very, very good video summary of it by another Irish chap, uh, Rob O'Connor, I think his name is. But you can find it if you look for Spin Selling Fox Web School. If you search for that on YouTube, it'll bring it up. And it's like a 20-minute summary, the Spin Selling method. And I thought he did a really, really good job of breaking it down and showing how useful it is how practical it is understanding what a client needs and, and and leading the conversation towards a towards a sale naturally and the second thing i'd recommend then is it's another book and i don't think there's any kind of shortcut for this one i just highly recommend everyone reads the book it's called the ultimate sales machine by a fellow named chet holmes and it, it sounds a bit cheesy that the title of it you can tell it was written by an american but it's it's a really really good book it's the kind of book and i've read a lot of sales books so I, you know i read a, a book a week on average a lot of them on marketing and sales and this is the type of book that i i think i read it and i think to myself instead of reading another five books on sales and marketing i should probably just reread this one over and over because one read through it isn't enough there's so much good stuff in there and it's again very practical down to earth it doesn't involve you know, being sleazy or manipulating anybody is just really good stuff. And if if it's full of all of those useful and actionable items, you know, rather than just dwelling on the theory, it's just going back and revisiting some of the things that that are mentioned and actually doing them <laughs> versus, you know what I mean? Like th- thinking about it and how would it work and, you know, actually taking action upon the, the, the advice and the guidance that you've uh, that you've just read or that you've taken on board. 
Yeah, there's an interesting thing. I think it's near the start of the book, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine. The author writes that he, whenever he does a big seminar, he, he opens by telling people that they're going to learn a lot of really good material uh, that can transform their business and they'll understand it and they'll know the value of it and they'll be able to see how it can transform their business. And then they're going to go home and they're not going to take action on any of it. <laughs> and it always gets a laugh, right? Because there's a knowing there from everybody. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how it works. We get this knowledge. We get a little bit of a, get a little bit excited. And for a week or two, we're putting stuff in place and taking action. And then it just kind of fades out. Yeah, look, and, and that happens with, with online businesses as well. I mean, I would say it's 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 challenging to stay focused sometimes. Like even if you are doing, like we're talking about, if you're doing authority sites, e-commerce, you know, whatever is the model, affiliate model, like it, it's hard to stick at one thing and do just keep doing the boring thing when it's not showing dividends. Like, you know, it's it, it's easy to look at the next the next thing, shiny object, they call it, you know, like the next course, the next strategy, the next tactic and, and, and to be... I know you don't get led astray very much, Niall, but oh, I do. I do. Devil for it in the past, <laughs> you know, jumping from one thing to the next because it gets boring, you know, like the thing you're doing gets boring. And even though you know you need to just keep doing outreach for link building and it's boring, uh, you know, and yes, you should automate it and outsource it if you can. But if the thing isn't generating money, then it's hard sometimes to keep putting money into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it, I, I try and look at that as an opportunity because I, I get distracted just like everyone else. Um, you know, there's something I should have been doing in my business for the last two months and I haven't been doing it. I'm trying to get back to it now, just clearing off some other stuff. But I try and look at that as an opportunity in terms of it, so many people get distracted and have shiny object syndrome that if you can be the type of person keeps getting full or keeps the focus or makes yourself get refocused, you know, keeps coming back and chipping away at that one thing over and over if you can do that you're going to stand out and you're going to have success because most people don't manage that most people get distracted so if you can just make yourself keep coming back to it and sticking with it you're going to have more success than most i think you recommended a book a while ago that I really enjoyed. It's quite transformative, I think, when you read it. And it's called Deep Work. And, you know, it talks about how we live in just a, a never-ending society of distractions and attention. And especially when you work online, like you literally work on the internet. Therefore, every rabbit hole possible is there for you to go down. <laughs> you know, it's hard sometimes to just stay on course because everybody in their you know, is trying to get your attention. Everybody's paying for ads to get your attention, to take you somewhere else based on data points that you've already given away. You know, like it's, I just watched a big hack on Netflix yesterday. It's mind blown. <laughs> if you watch that, if you haven't seen it, but it's, um, you know, so it's challenging to do deep work, especially when you work online. So turning off all your distractions, focusing on one thing, not moving away from it until you know, you've, you've, you've completed it essentially. And, and it can be challenging. I think you wrote about that at one point on your website, or maybe it was on Facebook, but I found it was a very good recommendation. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent book. And the same author wrote so good. They can't ignore you, which is a, another great read, which argues against the advice that you should follow your passion. And it's very well written and, and backed by lots of research. So if, uh, if someone's thinking of pursuing a passion project and thinking that's what's going to get them making money online, I would recommend reading that book first. Again, it's called So Good They Can't Ignore You. 
I'll link to everything, everything that's mentioned here, including the, the spin selling video, all these books. I'll have everything over at digitalnomadcafe.com on the website. So it's easy for everybody. The episode with Niall and I'll put all everything in the show notes. So, you know, you can follow up and read. And even I want to watch that video. I'll probably watch it after I record this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see what he said. Uh, sweet. So now, look, um, getting ready to finish up. I know we've had a long episode, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to break it into two parts and we'll release part one on freelancing and part two on building an authority website. I think that's probably the best strategy moving forward with this content so that it's easier consumed and kind of more targeted towards which side of the fence you're on. Um, so like finishing up, I guess we kind of talked a lot about ways to get started as a freelancer in terms of using your existing network and, and things like that. But I guess still like, you know, if you had any other advice for, for somebody who did have, you know, no sales, no clients to have a blog, it's not making any money, but they want to start, you know, they, they want to be a digital nomad. They want to work to have that freedom travel, like any other advice for them or snippets <laughs> based on your, you know, lengthy nine, almost 10 years of, of doing this? Yeah, I'll, I'll break it down very clearly for people, uh, the, the steps of it. So first thing I would say is stay in one place. If you want to build a business, stay in one place, ideally someplace cheap. So your overheads are low. You give yourself a long runway because it's just too hard to build a business while traveling. You can run an established business while traveling. That's usually fairly doable. But to actually build a business, to get it up and running while traveling, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors. Or you're just making it way harder than it needs to be. So stay in one place. Then I would say you just need to have the time available. So you need to free up that time. Maybe you're working a job, nine to five job. You should have at least 10 hours per week available to build your online business. I think anything less than that, it's doable. But again, it's just, it's just kind of hard to gain momentum. So I'd say minimum, try and free up. 10 hours per week. Um, do that however you can. I have a few, I have a whole article on that on my website. Uh, if, if you're finding that a struggle with just some, some tips on how you can free up that time. Next thing is to pick a skill, right? You need to choose a skill that you're going to um, either offer as a freelance service, look for a remote job with that skill. As we talked about freelance remote work, those are the easiest ways to get started earning money online. So pick your skill. And I have a, a, a three-step process for that as well on my website. For if you're really not sure what skill to, to choose, I'll walk you through how you can do that. Once you have the skill, um, obviously you need to practice it, but you don't need to practice it for like months or even years before you go looking for your first clients. You can really build that skill rapidly. That'll be on the website as well if you just follow that same process that I talked about. I'll show you how you can very quickly learn enough to provide a lot of value to your clients. So then it's really about finding your first client. And we talked about that already, billboard method, door-to-door method. That should be enough to get you started. Then it's really just taking on as much work as you can, right? Once you find your first client, find your second, take on as much work as you can, just get busy, gain experience, and then steadily raise your rate. As you, as you get busier and busier, raise your rate and start reducing your hours. And by this point, if you, if you do have a, a nine to five job, you should be able to, you should be able to get to the point where, okay, this, this online stuff is, is looking pretty good now. I should be able to quit the job and go all in on this stuff. And the, the, the point you want to get to is that you can earn enough working 15 to 20 hours per week that you can cover all your expenses, right? So keep raising your rate 
until you only need to work 15 to 20 hours a week and that covers your expenses. Now, obviously, that's going to be easier if you're in a relatively cheap country. Uh, here in Bali, where I am, pretty cheap. Thailand, pretty cheap. Parts of Central and South America, pretty cheap. Eastern Europe. So if you can go to a place like that, you're going to be able to reduce, uh, get down to 15 to 20 hours easier. And then once you're at that point, you can invest the rest of your time if you want to. You know what? You can invest the rest of your time on, on building your passion project or building that level two or level three online business. Or you can just go off traveling the world. Maybe all you want is the, the freelance job or the freelance gigs and the remote job and working 15 to 20 hours a week travel indefinitely. That's cool too. But that's that's how I like to think of it. How does that sound to you, Adam? Solid, man. Like that's it's probably the most clear and actionable advice I've heard on it all yet. <laughs> that's why I knew you'd be a good guest because you know you've been doing it a long time, but you also help people. You know, you, you have a Facebook group and and you know you've been blogging about it for years. So I mean I knew it would be a good episode um to share with people, man, because you're you you know you have straight up actionable advice and, and good ways of doing it. Um so, yeah. hopefully so appreciate it Niall I appreciate I appreciate you coming on and and sharing your story and, and sharing the knowledge both on you know building a freelance business um finding a remote job and on the authority website affiliate marketing side of things so um I wish you every success with that moving forward and yeah so where can people find you if they want to get in touch online they can go to ebizfacts.com that will redirect you to my website and if you look for ebizfacts on pretty much all the, the social media channels, you'll find me on there. Email if you want to get in touch is niall at ebizfacts.com. You'll reach me. And if you have any questions about online business or how to get started or if something's a scam or not, just drop me an email and I'll, I'll try to get back to you. I might even write a big article on whether or not something's a scam if you ask me that question <laughs> depending on what it is yeah no but look legit and and you're open and you're happy for people to reach out with with, with uh with those sort of questions you know because i mean the internet is a big space there's lots of courses and you know it's, it's what you're looking at might not be what other people are looking at so it's not until they bring it into your center of attention that you might have eyes on it you know you can't be everywhere and all seeing that's it man yeah it's a, it's a big place and we need a we need more people to police it and, and police keep, it. <laughs> keep people in check yeah and look and give people unbiased straight up advice because like the internet is just rife now with like we're talking about authority websites which is basically like you're reviewing stuff you're trying to just sway it in a positive light so people click your link and buy it like people don't usually have like the best interest of whether it's actually good or not at heart like people the internet is just rife with with that affiliate links and content from the biggest publishers to you know people you know normal people doing it like we're talking about so it's it's hard sometimes to get honest advice and and that's where you know that's your unique selling point that's where you slot into the market i think yeah that's what we're aiming for anyway but yeah thanks for having me on adam this was this was a lot of fun man enjoy talking about this stuff good stuff and uh, thanks very much to all our listeners and uh, yeah available on itunes and spotify make sure to leave us a review on itunes if you're listening and thank you take care thank you for listening to the digital nomad cafe podcast head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com